Welcome to the Assurance Show. This podcast is for internal auditors and performance auditors. We discuss risk and data-focused ideas that are relevant to assurance professionals. Your hosts are Connor McGarity and Yusuf Mullah. Today, we're going to talk about how we can maximize the benefits of the use of data within audit. We previously spoke about principles that apply to governing the use of data within audit. The first of those was security and open access. The second was quality. It is important that we govern our use of data within audit in a different way because of the type of data that we get, how we bring that data together, what it means if we lose that data, and because we're not the creators of data and because we largely are consumers and users of data in a very specific function, either within internal audit or performance audit, why that's important. This third principle, which is about maximizing benefits, it's laid out as one of the three key principles, primarily because in earlier episodes, we spoke about five core challenges that we face in using data for audits. This principle, maximization of benefits, helps in addressing those core challenges. To refresh our memory about some of the core challenges we face in using data for assurance, first one being access to the data, second one being low value, where the analysis doesn't yield any new insights, superficiality, the results aren't deep enough. Fourth one with timing, the results of our analysis are not available in time. And lastly, false positives. False positives is something that we need to do something else with. There's a very specific set of potential resolutions to that or solutions for that. The first four that you spoke about there, so access to data, low value, superficiality, timing and reporting, those are what we're going to be focusing on through this principle today. Let's kick off. What's the first thing we need to understand? This principle has three sub-principles. The first one being sharing lessons amongst the team. The second one being identifying other risks and opportunities. And the third being continuous improvement. Let's start with the first benefit, sharing lessons among the team. This is about capturing and communicating information that would be useful to other members of your team. Examples of that would be where you have a brand new understanding of a business process and you are able to get that sort of understanding by using data. Another example of that is where you have data quality issues and you've identified workarounds for those data quality issues. So these are the sorts of things where your use of data can enable a better understanding and can enable the sort of information that the broader team would need to have or that would be useful to the broader team, either for similar audits or for a broad range of audits later on. Quite often when we use data for an audit, that data can be reused on another audit. If we capture the information about what we've found in using that data, that could be useful for later audits. This sub-principle, sharing lessons amongst the team, how it addresses the access to data issue is that you can enable reuse. So if you've already got data for a particular audit, you may be able to you know, capture those lessons and capture the information about the data for reuse. In terms of low value, we don't duplicate what we've done before. In terms of superficiality, because we've already started using data, we can start deeper the next time. And in terms of timing and reporting, we can accelerate because we now have an understanding of new things that we can share amongst the team. Sharing lessons helps reduce our effort in future audits and where we have that better understanding We've done a few things with the data that we have 
it makes sense to capture that and either document it or at least have a discussion with the broader team about what it is that we found. Documenting would be ideal, and we're not talking about going into documentation for documentation's sake, but important things that we have, and this can help maximize the benefits of our use of data. From the performance audit perspective, there's certainly a lot of opportunity and room for improvement in how observations about the use of data get shared, an area that there needs to be a lot of improvement in. What are some of the practical ways in which that transfer of knowledge about a particular data set to the broader team can take place? This largely does depend on the size of the team and how well the team works together overall. You want to document some key things, make sure that you're clear about the data that you're getting and what you've learned that's new about a particular process or a function or agency in the case of a performance audit. When you're looking at broader audit plans, annual plans or strategic plans, then it's important to think about what you've done before and contribute information about what you've done before that you think could be relevant for future audits. So this is an ongoing, and we'll talk about continuous improvement in a sec, but this is an ongoing improvement opportunity, but it's not always that easy to make this concrete and say this is a particular step that you can do to ensure that this continues to happen in future. This is about collaboration amongst the team. This is about thinking about other audits and not just the audit that you're on. And this is about the team getting together and actually talking about the audit plan. I know we've worked with a few functions, both internal audit and performance audit, where they do this really well, where the whole annual plan is something that the whole team will talk about as a collective. And the benefit in that is even if you have a function where different teams are responsible for different subject matter, if you're in a financial services institution, that might be somebody involved in insurance, somebody involved in banks, somebody involved in wealth management, somebody involved in corporate matters. In performance audit, that might be somebody looking after the health sector, somebody else looking after justice, somebody else looking after education, somebody else looking after transport. The benefit of having the team come together and think about the whole plan overall And then also for individual audits, when you're brainstorming individual audits, bringing people in from other audits that are either ongoing or that have happened before so that that sharing can happen. You can either have the discussion ad hoc, which happens quite often, or ask people to think about the things that they think can contribute to either the annual plan or to those individual audits if you're having an individual audit discussion. Beyond that, many audit teams keep records of the data that they've collected. So they'll say, we've collected this sort of data from this entity, this sort of data from this entity. That metadata is important because that's almost like a running sheet of what it is that we've collected and what we've used it for. If you can then append to that information on what it is that you did with that data. So you would do things like reconcile the data. You would do a whole bunch of data quality checks. You would do a whole bunch of data cleansing activities. You may have identified some insights from the data that would be relevant for other audits. And if you can capture that in your running sheet of data and the data that you've collected, then that's something you can use going forward. You've touched there upon a very important concept, and that's every auditor contributing to something bigger than a particular audit that they're trying to execute, bringing their knowledge to bear about the data they have used to inform and guide the broader planning of the team. Even if you think about just your next audit and what it is that you're doing on your current audit to help with that, or what it is you're doing on an audit that started earlier and relevant to an audit that started later, those are the sorts of things you would do as a more junior person. As you become more senior, you then want to think a bit more broadly. And if you are the head of that function, so if you're head of internal audit or the head of performance audit, you naturally need to have that 
broader perspective around what's going on within the different teams and how we can bring information from one team to the other. Sharing lessons among the team. That's the first. The second one is identifying other risks and opportunities. So we've touched on some of this, but just to be a bit more specific, this is where when we're using data for an audit, we identify a whole range of risks, a whole range of opportunities. Sometimes those are directly relevant to the audit that we're doing. Sometimes they aren't. They may not make it into our report or they may not be directly relevant to the particular subject matter that we're looking at. But where we identify such adjacent risks and opportunities, we want to capture those so that they can be followed up, reported on, and or used for planning future audits or where we have a planned future audit for information flow into that future audit. So we spoke already about how when we're using data, we can use the information that we obtain or the knowledge that we obtain, the lessons that we learn for future audits. This is where we're doing a particular audit and we see something that isn't relevant to this audit or it's only mildly relevant to this audit, but it could have a significant impact on a later audit or something broader, reporting to the audit committee or something else. Or even it's not going to be relevant to any audit, but I think management need to know about this. Could be a business opportunity. Could be a business opportunity. And it could be non-audit committee reporting specific, if you want to call it that. But because when we do data-related work, we usually look top-down. So we create a hypothesis or a set of hypotheses, and then we use that. We then also do some bottom-up analysis. So we'll look at the overall quality of the data, etc. Quite often as auditors, particularly if we are curious auditors and not following standard sets of routines, if we really are focusing on trying to understand what's in front of us and get a good understanding of it and take the time to do that, we do find these opportunities particularly when you're using data, it's very easy to find these sorts of opportunities, capturing that information and then sharing that with the right team or within audit or the right team within the entity that we're auditing or the function that we're auditing if we internal audit. That's where we can help maximize some of the benefits. And we hear this a lot. We hear that data can be used to drive value. Auditors should use data to drive value. And then We conduct an audit and we use some data and it helps us to either prove or disprove our hypothesis and kind of ends there. Where we find these other opportunities, we need to do something with them. And it's that that can create that additional value that we provide as auditors. We have a unique perspective because we're looking at data from multiple different dimensions. And so when we find that, it mustn't just be, if we just say, hey, this doesn't relate to our report or it's not significant enough to go into the report so let's discard it then we are missing an opportunity this identification of opportunities by internal audit through the use of their data was something that resonated strongly with joseph watson we spoke to in the previous episode joseph the chief risk officer for a digital bank was talking about internal audit maximizing their ability to identify these opportunities so working towards a performance focused agenda as well as the conformance agenda that internal audit maybe have traditionally veered towards. So maximizing benefits through internal audit or performance audit, identifying other opportunities is certainly something we need to do a bit more work on. You spoke about performance there, which is really important. But even in the conformance world, this becomes an important thing. And if we think about things like where we evaluating a full customer data set for a particular subject matter. So 
let's look at something like within financial services, determining whether fees are being charged correctly on deposit accounts. Now, in order to do that, we would normally get information on customers, on accounts, on transactions, and then we'll determine whether those fees are correct, the right level of fees used, etc. But when we get that information, one of the things that we need to do is determine whether the quality of our data is good. And a quality check that we often do is look at whether we have any duplicate information in the data that we have. Now, sometimes that duplicate information could be in things like the customer name or the customer address. And while the direct audit that we're doing is not necessarily related to what I'm going to talk about now, when we do that, we often find that there are multiple individuals in our customer relationship management system or in the customer data that we have. I remember doing a few audits like this, but one in particular where we were looking at fees and charges and because we needed to know what the data looked like and we needed to make sure that we were actually getting it right, we looked at names of customers and we had a range of similarly named customers with similar addresses and similar dates of birth and the differential between one and the next was very small. What we concluded quite correctly was that those were actually the same individual. Now, the potential risk there then is that you have multiple customers that you're dealing with, and this can create several opportunities to provide value as an audit function. The first is, if you have more than one customer with different addresses and the same date of birth, you are potentially sending to them multiple letters to multiple different addresses with different spelt names, which is not really a good look for your organization. If my bank sends me a letter and my last name has two L's in it, right? If somebody sends me a letter with one L for a particular account and two L's for a different account, they've spelt my name incorrectly once. So I have to ask, am I just a number in your system or do you actually know who I am? So there's an opportunity there. So that's a customer service performance type opportunity. The other is anti-money laundering, where you have multiple accounts belonging to the same individual. When you report to regulators, you usually need to report on deposits above a certain value. Now, that doesn't mean that you report on deposits above that value on an individual account that the person owns. So as an example, for my one deposit account, if I had $10,000 coming in, and for another one, I had another $10,000 coming in, those individually wouldn't be flagged as issues because they are to different people, but they're actually to the same people. So depending on the money laundering laws that you have in, in your country, in Australia, it's $10,000, so that would have been flagged. But assuming it was 9000 to each account, so I'm actually getting $18,000 into my two accounts, that really should be reported to the regulator because I'm one individual. But because you see me as two, you don't. So that's a conformance thing. There's lots of opportunities for tangential information that can be identified and then won't necessarily be directly related to the project or the audit that you're doing. But these are the sorts of examples that you have where the information that you're looking at bottom up could identify other risks and opportunities equally. That example speaks to a couple of things in my mind. The overall issue seems to be the opportunity to improve the quality of the data that's held by the business, which then can obviously lead to them achieving business efficiencies and minimizing risk to the organization. 
But like you say, that's a byproduct of maybe the internal audit or the performance audit that we're doing. But it's a great example of how that value can extend directly to the business operations. There's another example in the public sector within performance audit, and this is a theoretical example, if you want to call it that, but extending what we just spoke about there with the current pandemic and the responses to it, one of the key responses has been the provision of government grants. And I know that audit officers are going to be looking at government grants quite closely over the next little while, because that's one of the biggest areas of spend. If you are providing grants to different entities and you are evaluating those grants, what we just spoke about then would be very relevant. Are we providing the same grant to multiple organizations that are effectively the same organizations? Are different organizations applying under different names, but in reality, they're the same organization? That would then point to the potential for not having identified those organizations as separate. That's directly relevant to that audit. If we see things like that, then there's the flow-on impact on other entities and other performance audits, uh, or even if not other performance audits, other government organizations that may need to know about this information. And it would then be our duty to provide that sort of information with the right protocols in place, etc., because government can become quite tricky in terms of how that data is shared. But that's our obligation. We have to make sure that we use what we find to identify those other opportunities and then provide the relevant information to the relevant parties. That was the second sub-principle, and specifically there, how we can identify other risks and opportunities and share these. Thirdly, and this is a very important issue, and that's continuous improvement. We use data and we use the results of our data to improve the results of future audits and our audit plan overall and providing greater value to the organization. Importantly, though, why this is called out as a separate item is that this is about improving auditor capability. So the first one was sharing lessons among the team so that the team can look at other items more broadly or look at whether they can use the data that's been identified more broadly for future audits, etc. The second one was where we've identified specific risks and specific opportunities on an audit. This one is along the same lines, but this is with a focus on improving auditor capability. So a bit softer. What can we do with the process that we've undertaken, the data that we've used to improve the capabilities of individuals within our team. Now, if you think about the core issues that we have in using data for audit, one of the main problems that we have is the ability to use data for audits, not the ability to pick up a tool and run some analytics, if you want to call it that. But this is about the mindset that auditors have Thinking about data, thinking about how you can use data, exploring the opportunities to use data, and then actually doing it. Now, in terms of continuous improvement, then, there's two things that we can do to maximize the benefits of any data that we use. The first is when we share those lessons amongst the team, it's not just about what we found, but it's about how we went about determining what we were going to do and then the specific things we did when we got there. So that continuous improvement then means we can reuse data that's been used before. We can link from one to the other. We can identify gaps in our capability and figure out how we can plug those gaps. But importantly, the two key gaps that we want to plug are capability in terms of identifying what to do with data, so the data mindset, thinking about data, And then secondly, actually using that data. 
And this means that we want to we want to level up. We want to improve the skills of our team so that our future work becomes easier and provides more value. The key issue here is in trying to elevate people's data mindset or identify gaps in capability that we need to address as a team. Should there be a particular person, maybe a senior person within the team that has responsibility for practically identifying those capability gaps? How, how do we go about identifying them? Yeah, look, that's a difficult one. I think the easiest way to identify a capability gap like this is to look at who isn't using data or who isn't obtaining value from the use of data. Because if you do it properly, you will inevitably produce value in the work that you do. If you look at outcomes, so outcomes from audits that maybe senior managers or managers are executing on, if they are not producing or not increasing the level of value they produce over time, then there's potential for them either not identifying the right data to use or not using that data properly. So that may be a way to determine where that capability gap is. Is data-focused value being produced by the team? And then in the reporting of the work that they do, do you see the data coming through as a strong element that helps to contextualize, etc., the reports that are being produced? If you don't see that, then one of two things are happening. Either the mindset doesn't exist, and mindset is something that you would potentially see largely in various discussions that you have amongst the team, in those continuous improvement sessions that you would hold, in those audit brainstorming workshops. As a leader, you would automatically or you should automatically be picking up on mindset. If you don't have a data mindset yourself as a leader, then we're probably talking about a very different discussion here because that's going to be very difficult to fix. But if you do see that, so if you do see that the individual is or set of individuals are very keen on the use of data and you can see that they obviously have the right mindset in terms of how to identify the use of data, then that could then point to an execution problem. And the execution could be either in the way in which the data is being used or data is being accessed or data is being reported. For the data mindset to be embedded requires consistent and regular messaging from audit leaders so that people feel safe and feel supported in being able to use data on their work, secondly, being able to use it in the right way to obtain the most value. That comes back to some practical questions for audit leaders. Are all my people using data in their work? If not, why not? What can we do to help you get more value from how you use data? So being cognizant or aware of asking those questions. Yep, absolutely. We covered off three points there. The first one was making sure you share lessons among the team. The second one was identifying other risks and opportunities. And thirdly, continuous improvement. And if you don't have a data mindset, you need to ask yourself, are you going to get left behind? Yep, definitely will get left behind. Cool. Thanks, Yusuf. Thanks, Connor. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend and rate us in your podcast app. For immediate notification of new episodes, you can subscribe at assuranceshow.com. The link is in the show notes.